I am hippopotamus glad and elephant happy to be here <laughs> this morning. Um, I called my friend a few days ago to inform him that uh, after 27 years of pastoring St. Paul Baptist Church in Oxnard and 35 years of pastoring uh, in totality, that I was retiring. And uh, I purposed in my heart to be here today to let this church know how much I love this man and how much I appreciate him being a part of my life. Um, how he has, I've not only ministered to him, but he has ministered to me in some of the darkest times of my life. Um, I'm, I'm just on a, on a very personal note. It was when um, my son was killed um, by the Alameda County Police in March of 2013. And, uh, and I had a lot of bitterness and anger in me, um, bewildered, very frustrated. I was very um, melancholy for a long time. But it was your pastor that God sent into my life uh, to help minister uh, because I didn't need at that time a power to the people person in my life, you know, you know, power to the people. Get that on your way home. I needed somebody that would show the love of God and to show me that in spite of all that circumstances dictated, that there was an authentic brother that would come alongside and minister healing to me. And not only did he do that personally, but he brought you into my life. And I am the better for it. And so I came simply to just say thank you for letting, letting God use you and showing the love of Christ to me. Amen. Amen. I also um, wanted to say that um, on my way out from this region as I transition into another area of ministry that... Um, this is the only pastor in this region that has shown me that kind of love and support and presence. And in light of that, this is going to be my Ventura County home church. So that I, amen. So, so, so when I come back to California, to Ventura County, there's no telling when I'm going to show up. And uh, I'm not going to always announce when I'm coming because Pastor Rob will make me preach. <laughs> I'm not pastoring anymore. Sometimes I want to be preached too. So I'm going to call Michelle and Tony will make sure Michelle is contacted. And I will get here right about 1130 <laughs> so that he won't interrupt his sermon. But I'm certainly grateful uh, that God has put God speak in my path. And that's allowed me to, to experience such love and, and such wonderful, wonderful, wonderful fellowship. Amen. Second thing I want to uh, publicly say to the members of St. Paul that chose to uh, play hooky <laughs> and to come over and support me. I love you. You all are the reason uh, that I stayed for 27 years. <laughs> And uh, I just I thank God for you. Um, pastoring, pastoring is not a, I don't consider pastoring a position. It is a relationship. It is a lifelong commitment to the well-being uh, of the people that God has allowed you to minister to. And so you all will always be a part of my life. And uh, I praise God that the Lord has allowed me to uh, come into contact, come in contact with you, and I know that we'll be doing some great things together in the future. I don't feel led uh, to. Many people have asked me, "Are you going to start another church?" I don't feel led to do that 
I want to get back to my first love. And my first love is very simple. Preaching and teaching and loving on people. That's all I'm doing. I'm having a simple life. I'm Simple life. Somebody help me say a simple life. <laughs> um, I've been pastoring for 35 years. I've been preaching now 43 years. And I'm um, turning 61, 62 in January. In June, I'll be eligible for my Social Security, so y'all pray for me and tell me that I'm pleasing. But uh, um, uh, I started at 18. I started preaching. I preached my first sermon at 18 years old. And uh, I didn't want to preach because I didn't want to depend on people for a living. I wanted to be an attorney or at least a basketball star. I was Steph, I was Steph Curry before Steph Curry was Steph Curry. Yeah. My claim to fame, here's my claim to fame, baby. This is my claim to fame is I played against Bill Cartwright in the state championship. Of course, he won seven foot. But anyway, I, I'll hold on to that. I'll keep telling that story. But uh, uh, I started out early. And now at this season in my life, I just want to preach and get back to the joy of simply doing what it is that God has called me to do. And with that, uh, on the 7th, on the 28th of January, I will be preaching my last sermon at the St. Paul Church, and um, which will also mark uh, the sixth year of my marriage. I will be have been married for twenty for six years, and uh, I'm grateful for my wife who has meant everything to me. And uh, the I know I still look young, um, and that's how I got her. She's younger than me, and I told her when I first met her that I am an older model with low mileage. And I will, I will hold. <laughs> I will hold on to that. Amen. So uh, I'm not retiring from preaching, just from the rigors and the pressures of pastoring. I'm jumping in. I'm jumping in. You are officially an itinerant pastor for Calvary Chapel God Speak. Now, I'm not the elder board. Are there any elders here that can verify that? Amen. So moved. There you go. All right. Light it up. Let's go, man. Bless you. Bless you. Bless you. I like the pastor being in charge. Um, let me also um, say to the members of St. Paul that came, I love you and I appreciate all the support that you gave me through the years. And today is an indication. One other thing, I have a dear friend I want to introduce you to, uh, Pastor Gay and Willis Steele. Would you all stand? A a very, very precious couple who came into our ministry uh, a little over two years ago. Amen? And uh, if you, amen, want to hear some great preaching, not good preaching, but great preaching, they are two of the greatest preachers that I've heard, and I've been looking forward. I was going to have them succeed me, amen, but uh, in a Baptist church, it's a congregational, say amen, so I can't impose my will, but if I could, I would, but thank you for coming. It's a joy to have you. Uh, Before I go into the message today, um, I I asked my my brother, uh, Dwayne Whitehead, to come and to share a sermonic solo that's part of the black church tradition, you know, you know, because, you, know, you know, you got to get, 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 get the atmosphere right. You know what I mean, Vern? <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but this is one of my dearest friends, and he doesn't like me to say it, but uh, he is uh, the cousin of the Winans family, uh, and um, he's the one that they should have made one of the lead singers, but, you know, because he was the cousin, uh, you know, it, the family politics did not dictate it, but uh, this is my whining singer, amen, and so would you receive him in a spirit of love as he comes to share before going to the world? I just have to. <laughs>
Praise the Lord. Let's say it again. Praise the Lord. One more time. Praise the Lord. Truly, the Lord is good. We love him and we magnify him. I thank God for another opportunity. We give God praise for this morning. For my dear pastor, who will always be my pastor, wherever he is. My prayer is that he continues to just let God do what he has for him to do. To Pastor Roy, we really love him also. Uh, he has uh, just a dear, real kind of guy, you know. So I'm not going to be long. <clears throat> Pray for me. I was so sick Christmas Day with that flu that was going around. I said, Lord, you're going to have to show enough. Be with me at work today. And when you're working two jobs, it's really a, a push. But <clears throat> truly, God is good. I thank God for my wife, for her being with me. She is truly a woman of God. The song says, Stand. Uh, uh, came to me to sing this this morning, even though it seems like I'm singing it everywhere. But it's just the words of that song that I felt that my pastor needed to hear today for him to stand whatever he's going through and come up against. Track two, please. Thank you. Stand 
on the God's unchanging hand, he will bring you in. Oh, hold on. Don't you dare give up, no. Oh, hold on to God's hand. Oh, after you've done all you can. After you, after you, after you done all, all you can. Whoa, after you done, after you done all you can, you just stand. Whoa, pastor, all you got to do is just All right, we're doing Church of God in Christ fully, Baptist fully. I want to submerge the congregation. Where's Brother McCurtis? Is he here? Did he get? Come on, let's do that song you did first service too. Because that, that last song perclempted our brother and he can't speak right now. Man, after you've done, that's one of my favorite singers in the world. That's a bad man right there. After you've done all you can, <laughs> Boy, you, you just stand. But we said it like this this morning. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Put it together. So greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. In the world. In the world. I can't hear me on the speaker. So greater is he that is in me that is in the world, in the world, in the world. He holds all power in his hand, no force on earth withstands my God's word. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills, wind and the waves obey his will, his will. in the house can rock your head. Come on. Go, go, go. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. In the world. In the world. Come on, come on like that. There you go. Woo. Greater is he that is in me ah, than he that is in the world. In the world. In the world. Saints get with it. Come on. So we're gonna take the city. When all the God saints get with it. Say again. I said, we're gonna take the city. When? When all the God saints get with it. So we're gonna take the city. When all the can I play the piano? Like this. Say. Ladies, he's greater. I say the God is greater. I 
anybody greater? I said greater. You gotta get back greater. Losing our greater. I said greater. He holds all power in his hand. No force on earth withstands my God's word. The cattle on a thousand hills. When did the waves obey? and tell them we're going to take the city. (laughs) Our Lord and our God, we love you and we praise you for another expression of your goodness and grace. And as we now prepare to share this word with your people, pray that you would grant to us teaching clarity and preaching power. Hide us behind the cross that no flesh may glory in your sight. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Tis, tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. Just to take him and his word. Just to rest upon his promise just to know the Savior will Jesus Jesus how I trust him just to prove him over and over Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, oh, for grace to trust him more, and oh, for grace to trust him more, oh, for grace to trust him more. Would you do me a favor and give my friend, brother Dwayne Whitehead, and my buddy and partner, Little Richard, I, I, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> a great big hand of appreciation. <laughs> that that's, uh, came to me as she was playing. I said, that sounds like Little Wretched. <laughs> From the book of Colossians, the book of Colossians, chapter. Colossians chapter 2, verse 9. Colossians chapter 2, verse 9. If you have it, say amen. If it's struggling to find this, say, hold up, preacher. <laughs> go, to, go to Revelation and turn left, okay? <laughs> Amen. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and we are complete in him who is the head of all principality and power. May God bless the reading and hearing of his word. 
I want to talk about the struggle to become complete. Look at somebody and just tell them, I am complete in him. I am complete. That's what I want to talk about this morning. There is something in the human soul and psyche that seeks to be all that God has called them to be, to include success in life. There's something about success that makes us all feel a sense of completeness. We, we feel validated. We feel affirmed when we reach our goals, when we strive to attain our aspirations, when there are benchmarks in life that we try and make a reality. All of us, from the time we were children, we sought to become successful. And we are told that there are several modicums of success that every human being should ascribe for. Financial security, career fulfillment, health, wealth, and family development and family affirmation. All of us want those things in life. Doesn't matter who you are, black, white, brown, blue, polka dot, stripe, all of us want those things in life. We want a great family life. Wouldn't you rather be happy at home than to be miserable where you have to lay down and go to sleep? And, and, and whether you realize it or not, you probably already do, but there is no virtue in poverty. I like having a little change. You know, I don't like being broken than the Ten Commandments. I, I don't like being so broke I can't pay attention. You know, we, we all want money. We all want substance. We all want a fulfilling career. We, we all want to go to work and enjoy what we do and to reach the heights of success in whatever we aspire to do. All of us want health. All of us want enough money. All of us seek success. But when it's, when it's all said and done, that is not all there is to it. Solomon teaches us in the book of Ecclesiastes, he says, I've had everything. I've had wealth. I've had health. I've had a royal diadem. I've had, oh, I don't know how wise this is. He had 700 wives and 300 concubines. And <laughs> I've had power. I've had everything any man could ever want. It's at the first part of his life. But at the end of his life, little Richard, he says, vanity of vanities. All is vanities. There is an emptiness. There is a vacuous space. There is, an, there is a void when you have everything that the world tells you that you ought to have. Only to feel a sense of lack and incompleteness because there's no spiritual vitality and no no wholesome and healthy relationship with God. Jesus put it like this. Jesus said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of these things will be added unto you And that's not just pie in the sky when you die. That's something sound on the ground while you're still around. (laughs) All of us want to be complete in every area of our lives. But this text, and it may be a little hint or tinge, Pastor McCoy, of eisegesis in this introduction. But the reality of it is that God desires that we become complete in him. And that no matter how the world may dictate that sense of completeness, only a whole and healthy relationship and complete commitment to the things of the kingdom will bring all of the balance that you need to be the people that God has created you to be. Yeah. 
Watch this text. The text says, the text says here, he says, in him dwelleth all of the fullness, the plethora, the, the totality, the, the essence, the, the aggregate of what life is all about. The text suggests that nothing will be complete or full unless it is balanced with a wholesome relationship with God. Now, 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 it's, it's interesting that Paul writes this to this particular church because this particular church uh, had this weird belief in what's called Gnosticism. Gnosticism, this uh, uh, mixture of Oriental mysticism and Jewish traditionalism would suggest that, that the physical is evil and that the spiritual is only uh, uh, that which God smiles upon or looks uh, in a looks upon in a positive way. Uh, he, he says, in essence, that, that Jesus could not have been God because he had a physical body and that God would never allow anything physical to play into the equation of his ultimate plan for man because everything that was physical in the mind of the Gnostic was evil. And, and that which was spiritual could only bring man back into a place where God could deal with him and communicate with him. And so the physical left you incomplete. The spirit and uh, the, the knowledge of certain philosophies or, 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 or theological concepts or philosophical paradigms would leave you into a, lead you to a place of completeness. So, so they were, excuse my word, they were all jacked up. <laughs> but here comes Jesus. Jesus comes and, 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 and he's, he's physical, but he's also spiritual. Yeah. He, 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 he's like that old 50-50 bar, you know. <laughs> Okay, you young people don't know anything about this. It's the it's the it's the orange popsicle on the outside and, and the ice cream on the inside, you know. We used to call it 50. Jesus was not a 50-50 bar. Jesus was a hundred hundred. He was a hundred percent man and a hundred percent God. He was so much man that he got thirsty, but so much God until he said, I am the living water. So much man until he gets hungry, but so much God until he says, I am the bread of life. So much man until he gets tired, but so much God until he says, come unto me and I will give you rest. So much man until he cries at the graveside of Lazarus, but so much man until he speaks to Lazarus and says, Lazarus, get up. And Lazarus walks out like a natural man. So much man until he dies on Friday, but so much God until early Easter Sunday morning. He gives up with power in his hands. Jesus was physical and spiritual. Now, now that's strange because what the Gnostics did not understand and what they could not uh, uh, intellectualize was how in the world did that happen? It happened because Jesus, in his infinite wisdom, in the counsel of the Godhead, said, well, if you're going to make man complete, he's going to have to have someone mitigate him that there is a God figure or a God presence that could be God and man at the same time without undermining the God in that man. Did y'all get that? I don't know if I can repeat it. <laughs> But but Jesus comes and he is a hundred percent God, a hundred percent man, and that could only be accomplished through the virgin birth. And so Jesus is born of a virgin Mary. Now, now 
You have to understand that a man is born into this world, not because of the woman, but because of the man. Mary was impregnated, watch this, was impregnated by God, not by Joseph, but by God, not from uh, entering into from the bottom side, but an overshadowing of from the top side. Mary was overshadowed by the Holy Ghost, and the Holy Ghost impregnated Mary. Jesus is born, watch this, without Adam's blood, but with Adam's flesh. Because the first Adam ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Watch this. And when he ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, he wound up with blood poisoning, according to Imar Dahan. Blood poisoning. Uh, Hugging Bear's interpretation, he wound up with AIDS. An attitude independent of a divine savior. And everyone after Adam wound up with the AIDS virus. Come on, look at somebody and tell them, I hate to tell you this. <laughs> but, you, but you got that thing. You, you, every descendant after Adam wound up with the AIDS virus. And so Jesus had to come and take on Adam's flesh without one drop of Adam's blood. That necessitated the virgin birth. And and check this out. The virgin birth was necessary because in order for Jesus to make us complete, he had to be like us without having what was in us. That's why the text, the word of God says, he became sin for us who knew no sin that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Yes. That's what makes us complete. And so, and so the Gnostics didn't understand it. They couldn't comprehend it. But Jesus comes and, and he's able to operate and to save us. And so what you saw on the cross, when Jesus died on that cross, when they put nails in his hands and rivets in his feet and a crown of thorns on his head and they pierced him in the side and blood and water came gushing out and the blood and water that came out of his side hit the blind man in the face and the blind man all of a sudden became little Richard and said, <sighs> At the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light and the burden of my heart was rolled away. It was there by faith I received my sight and now I'm happy all the day. That healing for that blind man at the cross, the healing for you and I, the healing that makes us complete is that blood that Jesus shed on Calvary that was sinless. Ah. One, one, one writer said that uh, flesh, watch this, in itself is not inherently sinful. Flesh is only sinful because it's nourished with sinful blood. And, 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 and that's why uh, Job said, Job said in, in his dissertation, he said, he said, it's in my flesh will I see God. See, flesh and blood are two separate things, but thanks be to God that God makes us complete because even though we have sinful blood in our flesh, the Holy Spirit, Lord Hammers, the Holy Spirit enters into our being and he puts something in us that makes us something that we could not become on our own. And thanks be to God for the Holy Spirit that by the blood of Jesus infuses the Christian and indwells within us and makes us what we could not be on our own. Hallelujah. We are complete in 
him. Now watch this. This it gets better. It gets better. He says, and we're who is the head, watch this, of all principalities and powers. Now, when we are complete in him, and when we have the infusion of the Holy Spirit and the sovereignty of God orchestrating our lives and the power of God indwell within us and Jesus Christ becoming our ad, our advocate, we are able to conquer and defeat and to mitigate the principalities and powers of this world that would render us incomplete. Hallelujah. Now, now watch this. It gets better. Now, how is it that we become complete in him? Now, uh, what I love about the text is that it doesn't just stop right there because anytime, how many of you like the word, how many of you read the word uh, in, you know, you students of scripture, uh, read the word therefore, you know, therefore any man being Christ, he's a new creature. There is therefore no condemnation to them that are in Christ. Amen. The therefore is therefore so that you can read in the subsequent what is there for. Okay, all right. Okay, that was corny, all right? I, 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 I own that. Now, now watch this, watch this. Here's what makes us complete. Verse 11, in him you were also circumcised with the circumcision made without hands, putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. Number one, we are complete because we have been circumcised. Our flesh has been circumcised. The, the, the sinful part of our anatomy has been cut off so that the flesh is no longer in control. So, 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 so when someone agitates you and angers you and, and you feel like you want to cuss them out, remember you've been circumcised. That part of your flesh has been circumcised. You don't allow the, see, the word flesh comes from the Greek word sarcas, which means the lower nature of man. Look at somebody and tell them, you got a lower nature. You got, oh yeah, you got, you got a lower nature. There's, a, there's another part of you that you don't, you don't really like. Hello, somebody. <laughs> and it's the Lord. But 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 and that's why Paul says, I know that in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. And that's why he says, uh, uh, the good that I would, I do not, and the evil that I would not, I find myself doing. Oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? Glory to God. There's a part of my flesh that, that I struggle with, but because I am complete in him, the Lord Jesus Christ has circumcised it. He's cut that part out of me. Where I would cuss you out, I bless you. When I do, when I would do wrong, good is always present. When God would allow me certain graces because of my flesh, I'm not satisfied simply living by his grace. I ask God to give me enough grace to get the fleshly inclinations and proclivities out of me and help me not to just succumb to my flesh, but deliver me from it so that I no longer even desire to fulfill the lust of the flesh. I'm, sir, I'm, I'm complete because I've been circumcised. My flesh is no longer in charge. Hallelujah. But not only am I complete because I've been circumcised, the text says right here, amen, that I've been buried with him in baptism. So watch this. I'm complete not only because I have been circumcised, but I have been baptized. Baptized. I'm a Baptist. I like (laughs) baptism. Now, in, in baptism, you have three elements. You have you have the baptizer, the element in which you're being baptized in, and the baptizee. So, here, here, here's, here, here it is. 
And Pastor Rob is going to help me on this part. Because he's got a wonderful, wonderful analogy. I I wish you'd come up here and do that part. But anyway, um, (laughs) the Holy Spirit is the baptizer. The body of Christ is the element. You are the baptized E. The result is you have been saved. When the Holy Spirit baptizes you into the body of Christ, the result is salvation. You have been justified by faith in baptism. You have literally been regenerated. Somebody help me say, I've been regenerated. I've been regenerated. I am, watch this. The the word regeneration comes from the root word genes. R-E is the prefix. A-T-I-O-N is the suffix. The root word, the the principal word is genes. You are who you are because of your father's genes. Okay? I'm I'm, I'm, uh, handsome and dark (laughs) and smooth. Not by any fault of mine. Don't blame me. It was my daddy's fault. He, I got it because I, I had his genes. Say man. I had his genes. And, and, I, and, and, and I talk like my daddy. I, I have certain aggressive steps to survive in life like my daddy. I, I have his genes. Amen. And that's in the natural. But if there is a natural uh, reality, there's also a spiritual counterpart. You were or are part of your spiritual daddy's genes. Satan, watch this, was your daddy. You lied like him. You manipulated and stole like him. You had evil in your heart like him. But one Sunday morning when Pastor Rob McCoy preached the word of God and it taught you spiritual principles, you gave your heart to the Lord. And it was at that point when you confessed him as Savior, God gave you a whole new set of spiritual genes. He literally regened you. I wish I had a witness in here. Come on, be Baptist for a minute. I was shake somebody's hand and tell them I've been regimed. I've been regimed. I have a new set of genes. And so, and so when I've been baptized into the body of Christ by the Holy Spirit, I've been regenerated. But then there's another baptism. There's a baptism where the Holy Spirit and, and, and the Lord, of Je- Lord Jesus Christ switches roles. The Lord becomes the baptizer. Jesus becomes the baptizer. The Holy Spirit becomes the element. You are still the baptizee. And what happens is that when, the whole, when Jesus Christ baptizes you in the Holy Spirit, you become sanctified. He sanctifies you. He cleanses you. He renews you. The Bible says, be not drunk with wine, wear in excess, but keep on being filled with the Spirit. And he, he allows you to live the life that you were regenerated for so that you can continue to be complete in him. That's what it's all about. That's why we preach. That's why we rejoice. That's why we're gathered together because all of us are new creatures in him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. But number three, we are complete not only because of circumcision, not only because of baptism, but we're complete in him. Notice what he says here in verse 13. And you being dead in your trespasses and and the circumcision of your flesh, he has made you alive together in him, having forgiven you of all your trespasses. You are complete because you have been forgiven. Oh, that's shouting stuff right there. Because because nobody, watch this, nobody can make you feel less than who God has called you to be when you know you've been forgiven. Come on now. Amen. Nobody can bring up your past 
and wash your face with the things that you did 10, 20, 30 years ago because you have been forgiven. Somebody right now, you're processing some things that you regret. There are some decisions that you've made in your life in years gone by that keep taunting you and haunting you and pressing you and pressuring you and you feel that anxiety because there's a part of your past that you can't get rid of and then you have some crazy people in your life who want to keep reminding you of what you used to be and what you used to do but you've got to look that devil or that devil at in the face and tell him I am complete because I have been forgiven all things are passed away all things are become new been forgiven. I'm not walking around with a psychological abnormality. I've been forgiven. Hallelujah. I don't care. Amen. And the reality is all of us have something that we've been forgiven for. And it seems like the people that always want to wash your face with your past got amnesia themselves. Uh, Are y'all out there? And uh, see, you holy, you deep, and you sanctified, and and you all ceremoniously cleaned right now, and Pharisaic and platitudinal, and puritanical, and all that stuff right now. Look like you've been eating Jesus pills all weekend, and, and, and you look down. But but you know what? That's your persona in California. I need to call some of the old homesteaders back in Mississippi and Texas and Alabama. They'll tell me a few things that you have been forgiven for. So quit judging people. Let people be who they are. And you quit carrying guilt trips about your past because you're complete because of forgiveness and because God has made you whole. Shout hallelujah, somebody. But finally, finally, he says, wiping out the handwriting, having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us, he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. When we have been forgiven and our sins have been nailed to the cross, I don't have to take them with me. There is therefore now no condemnation in Christ, but it also says that he whom the Son has set free is free indeed. When I've been forgiven, I've also been freed. Hallelujah from the guilt. And finally, here it is, and I promise I'm done. Having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a spectacle of them, triumphing them, triumphing over them, or being victorious over them. I am complete. Watch this. Because I literally walk in victory. Somebody help me say victory. And, and, and my victory over sin because I've been circumcised and because I've been forgiven and because I've been set free and because I have been able to watch principalities and powers destroyed. I am victorious and it's not somewhere in a vacuum in a corner. My victory is not hiding somewhere in the booth, in the back, in the corner, in the dark. My victory has been made a public spectacle for everybody to see that I'm whole. I'm saved, set free, been delivered. Everybody, Lord, have mercy. Everybody knows that I am a child of God. I am victorious. I am who God says I am. I am victory. I'm complete in him. Shout hallelujah, somebody. Shout hallelujah, somebody. I am victory. Shout hallelujah. Shout I am victory.
victory. My victory didn't just start yesterday. My victory started a long time ago. Jesus said victory. Wrap yourself in the womb of a woman. Victory came from, uh, can I preach like I want to preach? Victory came through 42 generations. Victory was given to Abraham. Abraham gave it to Isaac. Isaac gave it to Jacob. Jacob gave it to Judas. You know the story. Judas begot Pharaoh, and Pharaoh's Ezra, and Ezra, Aram, and Aram, Amenadab, and Amenadab, Nathan, and Nathan, Simon, and Simon, Boaz, and Boaz, Obed, Obed, Jesse, Jesse, David, David, Solomon, Solomon, Rehoboam, Rehoboam, Abia, Abia, Asa, Asa, Jehoshaphat, Jehoshaphat, Joram, Joram, Uzziah, Uzziah, Jotham, Jotham, Achaz, Achaz, Hezekiah, Hezekiah, Manasseh, Manasseh, Amon, Amon, Jeconiah, Jeconiah, see it here, see it here, Zerubbabel, Zerubbabel, Abia, Abia, Eliakim, Eliakim, Azor, Azor, Sadak, Sadak, Akim, Akim, Eliud, Eliud, Eliezer, Eliezer, Matham, Matham, Jacob, Jacob, Joseph, Joseph gave it to Jesus. Jesus gave it to me. He gave it to Rob McCoy. Rob McCoy gave it to y'all. We're all victory. Before he came up for the music, I, I had a chance to grab Bishop Huggins. I said, what, what do I do now? <laughs> we have expelled all the energy for the year. 
Not only was that uh, a profound, powerful teaching, but deeply from your heart and every one of us in this room has been so deeply blessed. And we want to tell you we love you and thank you for all the music and the blessing. So I think we have on our hands a Calvary Chapel itinerant preacher. Amen. Come on up here. Join with me. Lord, we thank you for our brother and what a gift he is to the body of Christ. And Lord, this season is just over, but he's got a brand new one ahead of him. And we pray that this will be the most fruitful season of his life. And Lord, we can testify to the gift you've entrusted to him that he's been faithful to impart to all of us as our lives have been so profoundly touched and blessed. And I can speak personally. What a treasure my brother is to me. Thank you, Lord, for ministering to my heart in and through him and blessing this congregation in such a profound way. So, Lord, order his steps. Provide for his every need. And, Lord, let him not waver in his faith to trust you at every moment. And so, God, we're so grateful, and we commit all this into your care, and we know that you're going to take good care of him, and you're going to use us as well to help. And we love you, Lord. We praise you, and we give you thanks for what you've done this day. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I I, want to... message I got a little too excited to <laughs> to say this but I I thought that becoming the complete person that I thought I should be would have been to finish building the second phase of our project and I exhausted everything my financial resources and made many mistakes or and some enemies trying to make that happen but God through this word has shown me that to be complete is not encouraged in completing a building it's being all that he has called you to be and assigned you to do and it's with that and it's with that I leave this area on my mission uh, to do gospel without borders. Amen. Amen. Gospel without borders. That's the, that is the uh, subtitle of our ministry. Gospel without borders. To do that because the songwriter said, you may build a cathedral large or small. You can build a skyscraper grand and tall. You may accomplish all the failures of the past but only what you do for Christ will last. Amen. God bless you. I love you, man. You preach hard and you hit hard. let's do this. Um, you know, one of the, the great blessings, and, and I know of what Bishop Huggins speaks of, leaving a work that you've poured your life into for all these years, and, and the enemy wants to tell you that you didn't succeed. He has this way of accusing us of our past, and as he was saying, wipe, wipe your face with your sin. And um, I love the passage that says, when you're on your way to the court of law with your adversary, agree with your adversary. And the idea, and I've used this and I love it, is you're, you're going to the court of law, the adversary, the accuser of the brethren is the devil, and he's telling you, Rob McCoy did this, you did this, you did this. And I, I've learned a long time ago, I just turned to him, I go, you're absolutely right. I have, and you're right. But then you get to the court of law, and that's the exciting part. There's your advocate, Jesus Christ, he's your attorney. And the judge is his father. And the accuser of the brethren, Satan, lays out his case and uh, Jesus, my advocate, my attorney, turns to his dad, and he says, Dad, you'll see that all the things that Satan has listed are listed there in the record, but you can't read them because they're covered in my blood. And then it's just, it's just case dismissed, and we forget what's behind, and we strive for what is ahead. And uh, I really believe with all my heart that you, you're, you're not old. You're older, but you're not old. You have more energy at 62 than I have at 53. 
but you also have more passion than most young people have. And I think this is going to be the most fruitful ministry of your life. And I pray God's richest blessing on you. So would you stand with me as we commit that to prayer? Again, Lord, we've been so blessed this day and this congregation's heart is full as we have been so blessed by your messenger. And we're excited to see what you're going to do in and through he and Tony. And Lord, we again ask for your provision, your blessing, and your covering. And the idea of forgetting what is behind, not the relationships, but forgetting what is behind as far as the accusations and moving on ahead for there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. We're new creatures in Christ and we've been regened and we're so grateful for that. So Lord, bless my brother and just open up the storehouses of heaven and just pour down upon him and bless and prepare every step that as he walks into every congregation across this country and around the world, that folks would be as blessed as we are today. So we commit this ministry to your care. We thank you for the privilege of being a part of it. Lord, we thank you for the work that you've done in and through all of our lives this day. And may each person who's received today go out realizing that they are a new creature in Christ, forgetting what is behind, striving for what is ahead. And there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So bless them, Lord. Let them walk in that reality that they are fulfilled. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you guys. Have a wonderful week in the Lord. Make sure you give him a hug. He loves hugs.